0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Along with Water Butch. He was no Water Butch, but brought us some water today here. Welcome in to our third and final hour here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger tailgating show in front of the Athletic Administration Building on the campus of LSU. Getting you set for LSU and Arkansas, 6 o'clock kickoff right here on WWUL. We will hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network at 4 p.m. If you're worried about the LSU Tigers kind of stubbing their toe, having these games, you know, they're four and 44-and-a-half point favorites, if you think they're going to overlook this team, here's why I'm not worried about it is because it goes back to two weeks ago when LSU beat Alabama. You heard Joe Burrow at quarterback say this was not our, our in-game goal. It wasn't their, just their only goal to beat Alabama. They had their sights set on bigger and better things, and that is an eventual SEC championship or a, and a national championship. So I'm not worried about LSU overlooking Arkansas. And to be frank with you, if they did overlook them, they'd still beat them. They're just, they're just that much better than Arkansas. Arkansas is just that bad. I know there might be some Razorback fans in the audience, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to your hogs, but I think you would agree looking at them. That they're just not good. Steve Court, uh, former Arkansas Razorback, former Saints offensive lineman, talked to him earlier this week, and he was just almost shamed or shameful of where this program is, is currently sitting for the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's not a program that is used to being almost irrelevant. I mean, they're hanging in the company of Vanderbilt, and they're getting throttled by, by teams. And it, it's just it's a program that I think is, is capable of way more, way more, and if they get a right coach in there, I think that you might wake a sleeping giant in Arkansas if they ultimately make the right hire. The facilities are there. The recruits are there. They, can, they don't have to necessarily own the state of Arkansas. They can go into parts of northern Louisiana, Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Texas. They can go recruit there. But something's been off over this program in the last couple of years. And, I, and look, to be honest with you, I think it's an Arkansas team that's already on to next year. Players are disinterested. They're getting the break speed off of them regularly. Mike Dettillier said it best. They're kind of rudderless. They're kind of just meandering, floating about. It's not a good program. It's not a good team. Uh, again, I'll recap some of the scores, some of what, what, what Arkansas has done this year. So let's see. They started out um, against Portland State. They beat Portland State 20-13. to 13. Mississippi put up 31 in a 31-17 victory over Arkansas. San Jose State beat them 31-24. The Aggies of uh, Texas A&M 31-27. They beat Arkansas. And they're they're, they're not losing just like tough road games. They're losing games in blowout fashion at home on their own turf. Kentucky beat them 24-20. Auburn hung 51 points on them at home. Mississippi State hung 54 points on them at home. So... Western Kentucky, 45 points on the Hogs at home. It's just, a, just not very good. That's, that, let's just face it. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. I'm not concerned, Herb Tyler, a former LSU quarterback, about an LSU Tiger letdown or overlooking the Hogs just because, as we've talked about, they are clearly the the best te- the, the better team. And on top of that, I think that they're focused on winning and winning a national championship and an SEC title, and even if they did slightly overlook Arkansas, they're that much better that it.
2: Yeah, it, it wouldn't matter. They can overlook them all they want, and they're still gonna win by twenty. Right, in my opinion. So that that's why this game is so difficult because you don't know, you, you don't know what Arkansas is gonna do. Like literally, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna come out and throw the ball a million times, or are they gonna run the ball a thousand times? You know. So at the end of the day, though. LSU just has to handle their business, do what they do best. That's that's play championship football. Continue to get the younger guys some time in um, to understand the game on the SEC level, and then uh, and just look forward to next week. Period. Yeah, and and, and I don't mean look forward to it during this game. I mean no, after I, the game.
1: I know what you're saying. Yep. Uh, it's just uh, it's one of those deals where it makes our our job harder because mm-hmm. of how bad Arkansas is. Because we don't want to just keep pounding them over the head. <laughs> uh, but this is one of those deals where you just look at it and say, "All right, it's not like you're you're, you're previewing LSU Alabama, where no, man, it right. could be a nip and tuck kind of game, or, or, or even the Texas AM and m game right. like next
2: week, where you never know what you're going to get out of that game because Texas A&M is, is coached by a, a very really good coach. They have good talent. They have a really good quarterback in Calamon, um, who can catch fire at any point in time. You got people, um, you know, defensively that they can play that, that they can play anywhere in the SEC." But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and this is the thing that, you know, I, I want to make sure I continue to drive home. The thing about LSU this year is the fact that they actually play championship pedigree football week in and week out. I don't care if you give up 200 yards rushing to Ole Miss last week if you're up by 40. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at that point, I, I understand that we're up by 40. And nobody wants to give them any yardage. But hey, they're playing just as hard as they can play so if the, if the best that they can give us is 30 points and then we score 60 I will take that all day long. There's nothing wrong with that in my opinion. And I think coach Ma, uh, I'm sorry, coach O feels the feels the same way, but he does want to clog up some of those holes though. I think he does want to do that.
1: My cousin uh Mark Fidel told me to tell you hello. He said what's up?
2: Tell Mark I said what's up. Uh, I know Mark. He's
1: the one that I was showing you about the, the pictures. He,
2: he's killing yeah. he's killing the uh
1: the trout right now. Just well, absolutely
2: murdering. So sort of, look, he's If you can catch that many trout from the pictures that you showed me, you're doing a good job. I can tell you because I can tell you. He did little rouses to get them. He probably didn't. He probably went to Lake Marpaw. I don't know where he went. In one of them lakes somewhere out there, and he caught some fish. (laughs) Mark,
1: (laughs) Mark, if you're listening, Herb will go
2: fishing with us, but he's the sandwich maker and the drink and the drink maker. maker. Yep, yep. I will make the best sandwiches and the best drinks.
1: Herb Tyler, Christian, Garrick, up next. It's it is Jimmy Smith, Tiger Tail, or excuse me, Tiger Details dot com publisher, it's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL.
3: Yeah, I'm in total agreement with that. I think Vegas is in agreement with that, with this 45 point spread or whatever they have out there. (laughs) I mean, you can make an argument, and I don't think many people would argue against you that Arkansas may be the bottom of the barrel on the SEC at the moment. You know, and they're kind of in disarray. They just lost their head coach. Um, they're really young on defense in a lot of key areas. So I mean, there's they have a lot going against them in this matchup. And and I think it's a disappointment for LSU if you have to play Joe Burrow and cast deep into the third quarter.
1: I'm with you. I think you should you should see Miles Brennan. Perhaps to me, you should see him in the second quarter at some point. That final drive, maybe in the second quarter. That's how you'll know if LSU's ultimately taking care of business.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm in agreement there. And I think if you get that cushion early in the first half. Might be a time to give him a drive or two with the ones. Yeah. You know, I don't think Should it's something happen down the stretch. he has to – yeah, he doesn't have to wait till it's a 40-point game to maybe get some snaps here. It, um, it, you know, and it, I think that's disrespectful. And it goes a lot of, against what coaches really believe. You don't ever take anybody for, for granted and so on and so on. And they want to wait until the game's out of hand before they make those type of moves. But if I'm LSU looking forward um, – Moving forward, I'm trying to get Miles rep as many meaningful snaps as possible.
2: Look, Jimmy, I, I believe you get Miles in the game somewhere around that mid-second quarter, no, no matter what the score is. Because I mean, I mean, we've all seen what have been, you know, where you use two quarterback systems and things of that nature. So I don't think you would be disrespecting Arkansas. I think at that point you would be trying to do what you're saying. Let's see what we can get out of Miles with the number ones at that point. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm with you on that. And let's also. You know, keep in mind here, you, this is towards the back end of the season. You're about to enter postseason play. Um, the less snaps for Joe Burrow, probably the better, right? Keeping that guy healthy and so yep. on. So there, I think there's a lot of reasons you want to kind of put Miles out there before the game's out of hand to, to see what he can do, see what kind of timing he can develop with Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and, and things of that nature and see how, how he plays when he has the protection of the first-string offensive line in front of him.
1: Jimmy, to get where LSU wants to go, and that is an SEC championship and a national championship, is this defense, could that be their fatal flaw?
3: It really could, and, and you know, it seemed like for the first half of the year, it was kind of like, well, you know, it's going to come together. You just kind of feel like there's pieces there, and this is LSU. The defense always seems to come around. Now you're starting to really, that doubt is really starting to swell here, and it's it's starting to really concern a lot of people. And and as a football fan, I think rightfully so. Um, This team was was pretty much throttled last week by the running game. I kind of, you know, even on this show we spoke last week before the game, I said if this team's able to run the ball deep into the third quarter, that could be problems for LSU. They're gas going in and so on. But that's 400 yards rushing. 400 yards rushing against a sub-500 team. That's not good. All right. And they have put up they've allowed a lot of points a lot of points the air this year, a lot of big plays, a lot of blown coverages, a lot of missed tackles. There's a lot of concerns here moving forward. And if you go up against the likes of an Ohio State and some of these other programs that can you know almost step for step match you offensively, um, they're just a stop or two more than you away from, from winning that game. And that's what LSU yeah. has to think about here is how do we generate enough stops to hold these teams below 30 points? Um, because if you start getting into the 40s against those really good teams like Clemson and Jordan and, and the Ohio State and, and those schools, watch out.
1: He's Jimmy Smith. He's the publisher of TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, of the top four right now, who's the biggest, the least favorable matchup, and then I want you to, give me the, the most favorable matchup for LSU. In other words, if the playoffs were starting right now, who would be the biggest threat to LSU?
3: I think it's Ohio State. I think it's Ohio State. They have a dynamic quarterback, uh, a really well-balanced offense that can beat you in so many ways on offense, and a stout enough defense. I'm not sold that Ohio State's defense is the best in the nation, as some people are asserting. Um, I, I think, you know, they, they've... Struggled at times against opponents they shouldn't have, and a lot of their, you know, seven point, three uh, point victories when they're holding teams to those amounts are against far lesser opponents. So, um, and, and I don't think they're elite, but I think their defense is, is playing better than LSU's right now, certainly, and maybe better overall. So that's a team that I think concerns me the most. Um, I think the team that concerns me the least would probably be Georgia. Uh, I, I don't think Georgia has the type of offense. That uh, nobody's been able to help, hold LSU back offensively. So if LSU scores deep into the 30s, I don't know if Georgia can match that. Um, but they do have a really good running game. LSU's been susceptible to some uh, some, some big runs this year. So um, there, there's always some things there that could go away. Right. But I think that's the best matchup for LSU at this point.
1: Jimmy, Herb and I were talking about next year, right? And I know that's crazy to yeah. think about. But you're wondering, you know, is it Miles Brennan for sure? Or is it T.J. Finley that's coming in? Do you think it's Miles Brennan show without
2: question next year at quarterback? But you also have Peter Parrish that's there right. too right now. So
3: yeah, yeah, I, I I do because I think Ed Orgeron is a little old school mentality when it, in regards to players earning his trust, right? And and I mean we saw him you know immediately Derek Stingley was out there and he was talking about him. But other than that, I mean he typically you look at guys like John Emery, Ty, Tyreon Davis the dynamic freshman running backs they're barely seeing the field right now and i think it's a lot of those trust issues and a lot of those old school mm-hmm. coaches it's trust over talent and so i think by that alone it's going to be difficult for anyone to to supplant uh Biles brennan as the starter going into next year um but if a guy like max johnson cj finley peter Parrish, somebody shows that they're capable and then miles starts to struggle um, I, I don't think Orgeron be reluctant to pull the leash at some point and make a change, but I don't see him entering the season with anyone other, other than Miles Brennan under center.
2: Jimmy, do you see any way that uh, the Eric King from the University of Houston would transfer to LSU?
3: I would bet he would jump on it. Um, you know, and I, I had um, someone from his camp, and I, I couldn't verify exactly how close this person was, so I didn't. You know, really put put too much into it, but someone reached out saying that he might be interested, and so on, and, and that kind of stuff happens in my profession all the time. But um, I would think for Derek King or any quarterback looking, if you're a grad transfer yeah. and you're looking, what offense can I step into that has weapons around me? That's that's a that's proven. I think LSU at this stage has to sit at the top of your list. And and while he might not be as prolific, and hell, uh, I mean, let's be honest here, we might not ever ever see another prolific passer. Uh, to the likes of Joe Burrow, complete nearly 80%. But um, with what he can do with his legs and and some of the zone read and things that they've mixed into this offense, I think they could build something around him where he could be dynamic.
1: Jimmy, I'm going to say something that's probably going to raise the eyebrows of the guy sitting next to me and the guy that's on the phone with us. (laughs) And and, and that is, I think, and hear me out, Miles Brennan, arm talent-wise, just sheer arm talent-wise, I think is better than Joe Burrow in that regard. Now, as far as the cerebral aspect of it, reading it, football IQ, I think that's what Joe Burrow is—the complete package. But in terms of arm talent, I think Miles <laughs> Brennan's got him.
2: Miles doesn't stand a chance with Joe, cerebrally, no, right? Exactly. But, but his arm strength right. is pretty strong. But how accurate is his arm? You right. can have as much totally arm strength you. as you want, but where is the ball going? When is it going? And does it make it where it's supposed is to? Is it be on at, time? At, like, mm-hmm. I agree with you,
1: mm-hmm. Jimmy. Did no, you agree I, 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 that, with? You, it, yeah. Okay.
3: I, I, I'm with you. I, th- I think he's he's got a little more whip in his arm than Joe, and, and it kind of comes out with a little different velocity. But yeah. um, you know, so we, I mean, of course, Joe's far ahead as far, as far as being able to go through his progressions and so on, and all placements way ahead of Miles Brinning at this point, and,
1: yeah.
3: and, and all those uh, all those characteristics.
1: Yeah, I'm not sitting here trying to
2: be disrespectful of Joe
1: Burrow, no, no, whatsoever.
2: He's not, the complete package. No, no. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft, and, and we're not being disrespectful disrespectful of Miles Brennan either. No. We're just showing what this is what the truth is. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, and,
2: and look, I the think
3: quarterback. That's the number one pick in the draft, as Christian just alluded to. So,
1: yeah, and and I think Miles Brennan is going to have success. I think once he gets on the field and starts mm-hmm. playing real games, I think that's why it's vital that he gets some time tonight. I agree.
3: Yeah, I do too. And the offense would look different under Miles Brennan, um, but I think there's some elements in this offense that could really fit his game. Uh, and, and when you have someone like Brady in such a broad uh, a playbook to work with, they can mold an offense around almost any type of quarterback, mm-hmm. which has to be uh, you know news to the ears of LSU fans. Good news at that, right?
1: Yeah, Jimmy. That's the other thing that that has lacked around here for a decade plus is for a long time you know, the coordinators here and coaches here were always trying to force a scheme on a player. And yeah. the successful coaches at the NFL and college levels, they're always willing to adapt their schemes to what a player's strength is. You hear Sean Payton talk about it all the time, having a vision yeah. for the player and play into his strengths. What does he do well, and we're going to do those over and over and over right. and over again. Right.
3: Yeah, and, and I think speaking on Sean Payton, it was a totally different offense when Teddy Bridgewater was in there than Drew Brees. Not just the way it functioned, but in the plays that were called. And, and so, uh, and I think with this staff here, with Joe Brady, with his diverse um, um, skill set as a coach, and all the different types of systems he's been in, I think you have someone in house that yeah. can mold the system around any guy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Look at the Look at the New England Patriots. They're almost an amoeba. Right, they can form in I mean, they they can morph into so many different styles over the course of Bill Belichick's time, and I think that that's what Coach O is willing to do, offensively or defensively, down here. And I think that's when, when you look at where did Coach O grow from his time at Ole Miss. That's exactly where. Yep.
3: Mhm. Very good points. Very good points.
1: Publisher of TigerDetails.com, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, do the Tigers cover the forty four and a half point spread over Arkansas?
3: If they were to play long enough, yes, I think we're going to see so many freshmen, so many young guys. I right. think Arkansas may be able to backdoor this thing. Um, I think LSU will have that high 30, 40-point lead for much of the game. I don't know if they'll get up to that 45, 50-point mark they'll need to to cover. So if I were, if I had to put money on this, I would probably take those points. That is a huge amount of points in the SEC matchup.
1: The most in four decades. <laughs> I I was, I was I think I was one years old the last time a point spread was this high in the SEC between two Southeastern Conference teams. Jimmy, what's on the site right now, man?
3: Oh, we have a preview of the game, of course, gathering a list as we speak of who's arriving on campus uh, for visits uh, as far as recruits. So we'll have that up on the site shortly. Uh, you know, in any and everything game coverage-wise, when the game's over, we'll have 20-plus videos covering every angle of this game, every interview possible, and and all all the uh, expert analysis throughout the site.
1: Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. Great stuff as always. Jimmy, go enjoy the game, man. All
3: right, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me.
1: Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, we are in front of the Athletic Administration Building, steps away from Tiger Stadium and the PMAC here on the campus of LSU. Getting you set, it's LSU, Arkansas tonight at six o'clock right here on wwl back here on the Amer- gulf coast bank and trust tiger tailgating show in front of the athletic administration building on the campus of lsu herb tyler christian Garrick. earlier in the week we caught up with trey biddy hogsports.com to go behind enemy lines on the razorbacks get right to our behind enemy lines brought to you by acadian windows the official window company of the hudat nation lsu 44 point favorites at home against the arkansas razorbacks this weekend helping us to Go behind enemy lines. Trey Biddy, publisher of hogsports.com. Trey, are you surprised by that point spread? No, no,
4: I'm not surprised by it. I mean, you give what Arkansas has done the last two years, period, anyway, and just kind of how they have let go of things last year. They have fired Chad Morris. They have an interim coach. Now, can Arkansas cover the spread? Is, that's pretty much the big question. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> There's no way that Arkansas is going down to Baton Rouge and knocking off the number one team in the country. Obviously, it would be the biggest hus- upset probably in history. Right. So, right now for Arkansas, I think you have to worry about pulling together, seeing if your interim coach who has some experience at Arkansas being a former player, a former assistant coach but in a, under a previous staff, and just being around here a long time, Growing up in the state of Arkansas, can he bring these guys together? Because that's a big part of the problem. Arkansas doesn't have a wealth of talent, but they don't have 4-18 and talent over the last two years. They're better than that personnel-wise, but they've had some. uh, The locker room just never pulled together, never rallied around Chad Moore. So maybe Barry can get them rallied around, and I think your best possible outcome is maybe you play well, you control some of the things that you can control, like penalties, Taking care of the ball and stuff like that, play a clean game. And then maybe, maybe you got a shot to do something against Missouri on Friday in Little Rock in the last game of the season. But this one, I don't know if there's much hope.
5: Now, uh, Trey, but that was just a year ago. Uh, a two part question. The first part, I mean, LSU 24, Arkansas 17, November 10, 2018. Uh, the graduating class and not being no longer in the fold, did it make that much of a difference? Because that's 24-17, to uh, obviously a one-score game. I want you maybe to describe or reflect back on that. And then uh, you can't have a team and not have any studs. Somebody has to be able to be playing at a high level, whether you're winning or or losing. Is it uh, Rakeem Boyd? I was looking, he's run the ball well. He has over 1,000 yards. He's averaging right under seven yards per carry. Is he that guy maybe that would impress no matter what team he's playing on?
4: Well, I'll answer your last question first. And Boyd is a guy that can be a difference maker for Arkansas. The unfortunate truth is that he doesn't touch the ball enough. I don't know how you can have a guy that has been so productive and you go into that Western Kentucky game and he has three carries in that what? first half. Three carries in that first half in the Western Kentucky game. So, I mean, how can, you, how can that be the game plan? I mean, you have like he ended up with like eight carries for 185 yards or something like that, had an 85-yard run, a 70-something-yard run, and you don't give him the ball. So that's been a big problem. Every week under Morris felt like an experiment. You know, I know that if a guy like Houston Nutt was at Arkansas, Rakeem probably would have carried the ball 35 times. Right. There are also some other really young, impressive players. If Chad Morris did anything good at Arkansas, it was recruiting and understanding the footprint that Arkansas needs to recruit and did a really good job of that 2019 class. You got guys like Traylon Burks and Trey Knotts, who are two of, if they were on a better team and had a better system and somebody throwing them the ball, would probably be regarded as one of the best freshman tandems of wide receivers in the country. So there's a couple of weapons here and there. You got Scooter Harris on defense at middle linebacker, McTelvin Aguima at defensive tackle. There are some players here and there. I think Monteric Brown, he hasn't played well as of late, but he got off to a really good start at cornerback. There there's no excuse for this to be the worst defense in the SEC there's no There's no reason that it should be that Should it be great, or you know even the middle of the pack maybe maybe not maybe not maybe just sub sub middle of the pack would probably be reasonable, but they have just been atrocious and it comes from from not buying in. now you fast you, to answer your first question, you go back to that that twenty eighteen game okay, so that was the last game in in Fayetteville for all those seniors, so they had a lot to fight for, okay. Uh, LSU could have punched it in there at the end and made it a two score game, but they they took it. So they were right there at the goal line. So that's the difference in that. in last year, right after that game, they completely let go of the rope. They went to Mississippi state, lost 52 to six, I think 52 to six, something like that. And then lost 38, nothing on the road to Missouri. They just completely let go of the rope this year. They've done that a lot earlier. They did that after the Kentucky game this year. So, you know, you, you in theory you've got all these seniors on the roster. It's their last game in Fayetteville. And what did they do this year in their last home game? They got wallet by Western Kentucky. Whoa. Okay. And yeah, yeah. So that's how that's how senior day ended this year. So to me, I mean yeah, I mean it's it's like last year but worse to me. But you know, maybe with I, I really think that Chad Morris was a big part of the problem. Um, I think John Chavis has been a big part of the problem, too. I don't know that he's ever had to work with maybe talent that isn't quite up to to par before, but, I mean, for a million and a half dollars, he is, I mean, is there any other coach out there that's a coordinator that's making a million and a half dollars?
5: Well, we always say the NFL version, uh, he's stealing (laughs) stealing money. I mean, come
4: on. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the guy's got the worst defense in the SEC and makes a million and a half dollars. That's crazy.
1: Trey (laughs) Biddy, publisher of Hogsports.com. Trey, what do you think about Lane Kiffin? Would that be uh, something that would be interesting to think about in Arkansas? Yeah, look at that
5: coaching list. Obviously, I'm talking to Steve Court, a great Razorback. And, um, you know, you have Devon alum getting involved, a potential coach to compete in a tough SEC West. I don't know. I I think um, if that could occur, uh, I think Arkansas Razorbacks fans would be intrigued with a Lane Kiffin-type personality.
4: Yeah, I think the fans would be intrigued. There's been nothing really to point that that uh, that Kiffin is an option. In fact, we've been hearing that you know he's just really not in the mix for Arkansas. Seems like it would it would be a great fit. Obviously, he's got a big name. He's at FAU. He's attainable, affordable. But for whatever reason, we just heard things aren't heading in that direction. We've kind of heard the same things on Mike Norvell out of Memphis. Um, that yeah, that he's he's just not that that interested either. So. How
1: are the that's how are the facilities are. Trey? How are the facilities at oh, Arkansas?
5: No, no. Arkansas has always had great facilities yeah. going way back. Uh, come on, they, they got that Walmart yeah. Jerry Jones money. Come on.
4: Well, they uh, they just recently completed last year the 160 million dollar renovation to the north end zone of the stadium. It's the 21st largest stadium in college football. They got the Gene and Jerry Jones Student Athlete Success Center, which is just a few years old. I think three years old. The uh, the Fred W Smith Football Operations Center is a brand new facility that's not even seven years old yet the facility there's nothing there's no coach that's going to be like getting on tv and saying hey you know donate so we can build this facility you know it's all it's all here everything is here I mean it's it's among I mean it's 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 what you would expect out of an SEC program there's nobody nobody's going to be wanting something at Arkansas you know not feeling like they're playing in a big-time stadium or not feeling like they have the amenities they need Arkansas spends more money on food than any team in the entire country. You know, everything is here. You might find as a coach that recruiting, you got to reach a little farther for recruits. Yes. But Dallas is five hours away. Yes. I mean, there are, and Memphis is close by, and Tulsa is close by. Close, Tulsa is closer to Fayetteville than Little Rock is. So you might have to think outside the box, be a great evaluator. But there have been plenty of coaches that have come through Arkansas as bad as they are right now and have been for the last eight years. Plenty of coaches that have come through Arkansas and had success. You go back to 2006, they won 10 games that season. 2010, they won 10 games. 2011, they won 11 games. I mean, so it's not that long ago where Arkansas had a high level of success, but, I mean, it certainly feels like it's been about 30 years to me.
5: <laughs> now, 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 Trey, I think you hit it right on the head. Look, to proximity, wherever there's people, there's players. You mentioned Tulsa, Memphis, Dallas, Arkansas going mm-hmm. way back. Uh, they've always been – uh, a big footprint in, in, in texas kind of like oklahoma look at north louisiana now coach o uh, don't, don't want that competition but if you get the right guy you can turn it around in arkansas you have to look at uh you want to take care of uh, your home base in arkansas but you know you got to expand like you said outside the box i uh, look at coach o we all know there's great players in louisiana now he's able to recruit. Nationwide, so you have to look at this day and age and think outside the box. And yeah. it can't get done with the right coach. I brought up Lane Kiffin, but what about Leach? I'm well, like Leach. So look at him, Texas Tech, uh Washington State. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. You still have opportunity to turn it around.
4: Hey, just one thing, real quick. If if Orgeron is able to go nationwide, that's a good thing for Arkansas because that means there's more prospects in Louisiana that can go after just. Just helps the footprint a little bit better. There's plenty of players in Louisiana, right? There's plenty of good players there. <laughs> so Leach, I think, is another intriguing guy just because, you know, he just overachieves everywhere he's been. You I know love he's a little quirky, a little SEC. different. It'd be entertaining, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it wouldn't it spice up SEC Media Days a little bit? We're we're lacking some guys, you know, to to draw some headlines in. and you know, when you compare how, you know, Chad Morris was at Arkansas, just never never answered a question you could throw him the biggest softball question in the world and he found a way to go around it and it, it was very frustrating not just for me I think I think he felt like he was talking to me when I would ask him a question and really he's talking to everybody that's reading what I'm writing he's talking to the cameras that are reporting what he's saying you know those those Razorback fans that's who he's talking to I don't think that he ever got that leach on the other hand is a quote machine i mean we could talk to him about getting married and he'll go sasquatch, up there 10 minutes and, and break it sasquatch absolutely Pirates. sasquatch doesn't exist i've watched it all man i've been i mean when you start like evaluating breaking down coaches with leach you just start watching press conferences you get a wormhole of watching mike leach press conferences but he would be intriguing i know he was interested in the job last time so maybe that's the avenue they go they he has experience in texas from his time at texas tech but I mean, Leach, he's overachieved everywhere he's been. And Arkansas, certainly, we talked about facilities. People around here probably don't know this. They think Washington State, you know, that's a notable program. It's got a 31,000-seat stadium. Right. They don't have anywhere near the support level that you can get in the SEC and at a place like Arkansas. So I think that he would be intrigued. I know that he he was intrigued with it last time. So we'll see where things work out this time. We're starting off a lot earlier than we did two years ago.
1: Trey Biddy, publisher of hogsports.com. That wraps up Behind Enemy Lines, brought to you by Acadian Windows, the official window company of the Hudat Nation. Trey, thanks for the time, man.
4: I appreciate you guys. All
1: right, that was earlier in the week on Sports Talk. You heard it there. The Hogs are just not very high on the Hogs, if you will. No. This year. Uh, We'll step away and come back and wrap up the Gulf Coast Bank & Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Indiana has given Michigan all they want. 14 in the second quarter. 14 all Michigan and Indiana. We'll wrap it up next here on WWL. All right, winding down here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Before we push out of here, I want to thank the folks at Gulf Coast Bank and Trust for helping us and sponsoring the program in front of the Athletic Administration Building. Also, our on-site engineer, Butch Landry, Casey Wainwright, along with David Potter back at Master Control, and our executive producer and program director, Diane Newman. We're about four minutes away from handing things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network. They will carry you through kickoff. Of LSU and Arkansas at 6 p.m. right here on WWL. Doug Morrow and Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, have you covered starting at six o'clock for kickoff in Death Valley. Tigers and Hogs, and seen a lot of Hogs being roasted here
2: yeah. on the campus of LSU. Yeah, which is good, and that's going to happen tonight in Death Valley as well.
1: Yeah, it, Herb, it's been look. If I'm being completely honest, it's hard to say positive things about Arkansas's football program. Like and, and it sounds like if you're listening to this, you're probably going, oh, they're a bunch of homers, they don't respect Arkansas. Well, no. The truth of the matter is that the entire country doesn't respect well, Arkansas football well, right now. Well,
2: they said the same thing when we were about to play Alabama, and they were saying that we were a bunch of homers, and what happened? We ended up winning the game, right? So all we're doing is speaking the truth. The best thing so far right now about Arkansas program is that they're looking for a new coach, <laughs> to be honest with you, because now they can start fresh. Yeah. They can now say, you know what, let's see – what some of these successful programs are doing, and see if we can mimic it or copycat it, right? And I think that's what you do, and that's where you start. You start with your head coach. Figure out who's young, up-and-coming, who can be innovative, get some some a little bit better uh, tier recruiting um, going on, uh, and just someone that can turn that program around so they can be just as proud of Arkansas as they have been in the past.
1: If you're going to roll the dice if you're Arkansas and you want recruiting – you want to roll the dice? I'll give you a dark
2: horse candidate, Frank Wilson, UTSA. I don't see why not. I think Frank can come in and he can recruit, and then he can also put together a program that, that will compete in the SEC. Some are going to
1: scoff at that and say, ah, oh, he's a unproven. He's not unproven as a recruiter. And I'm not saying he might be the head coach, but will he leave UTSA to be a recruiting coordinator and a, and a, and a coordinator, whether it's defense or offense, for Arkansas? I don't know. but could Potentially. But I would also,
2: look, if I'm, if I'm Arkansas, what do you have to lose right now? Why wouldn't you at least consider him to even be the head coach? I, I agree. No, I, I don't disagree with you. And thats I'm, I'm 100% with you. It's find someone that can rejuvenate this program, get some recruits in there so they can be competitive. I mean, you may not win right away, but you want to be competitive, period. It
1: hasn't been competitive for Arkansas this year.
2: No. That's pretty much a wrap on the Gulf Coast
1: Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating the show. Up yes, next, sir. it's the LSU Sports Radio Network. Herb, it's been fun. we got one more oh, of yes. these to do next week. Yep, And then it is on to the postseason for the LSU Tigers. And, of course, they got to take care of business. It's been uh, been a lot of fun looking forward to what's to come for the LSU Tigers. All right, I'm Christian Garrick. Semper Fi, I'm out.
2: Herb, do your thing, man, and get us to the house. Hey, man, we're going to roast us a pig tonight or a hug tonight up in Death Valley. And uh, we thank you all for listening. We love you. And go Tigers!
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.